Well, we are here on Wednesday night, and if this is your first time, we welcome you. It's going to be a great night tonight, if not already. Always good to worship God and be in the presence of His people and in His presence. So don't think that you have to wait for a Wednesday night. God is always present. It's if we're stepping into His presence. Uh, this past week, if you noticed, we put up the white tent. I don't know if you've got, got to be under there, but it is wonderful and it's looking good. We're still letting it settle a little bit. I know some people have already come up and said, hey, you know this, 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 and that. Yes, we are aware. So thank you for your input. We appreciate it, but enough already. We got it, and thank you for your concern. But we're letting it settle so that, uh, like anything, like a baseball glove, it has to stretch out, and then we tighten it, stretch and tighten, and things like that. Uh, so we're letting it settle, then we, we're going to keep anchoring it down. But it's just a wonderful thing, and, and many of you have contributed to that. Thank you. And it's going to go a long way. And especially when, like, Mother's Day is coming up. And Mother's Day, usually, uh, it's like our Easter service. In fact, our Easter service, we had over 2,300 people who attended. And during that week, from our, uh, our Easter kickoff with our children and then our Easter plays, we had about 100 people receive Jesus Christ that week. So that's a good thing to, to celebrate. God is always in the business of reaching people. That's His heart. And that's why we're here tonight on Wednesday nights. It's great that we can learn things. You know, when you know something, it's good to know. But if we only learn and know things, then what good is that? Have you ever been around someone who knows it all? Don't look at the person next to you. Just, I'm just asking that they just know everything. And no matter what you say, they always have a better answer. When you give your story, they have a better story. You fixed something, they've invented it. So there's always that. And nothing wrong with that. It's Knowledge is good. But the Bible says knowledge puffs up. So to bring balance, when we learn something from the Lord and when He's teaching us something and we catch something... The best thing to do is apply it right away. It's the best thing to do. It's okay. Sometimes we'll get something and we'll say, Oh, the Lord spoke this. is perfect for my wife. The Lord spoke this to me. Perfect for my husband. Oh, my mom should have been here. Oh, my son should have been here. My daughter should have been here. Shucks. If only my sister-in-law was here. If so-and-so was here. No, listen. You were here. That must say something to God. If you were the one here and you heard it and you're thinking, shucks, so-and-so should have been here. You were the one here. So usually it happens like this. God will deposit something here. We'll apply it in our life. And then we can dish it out there. There's more power that way. Otherwise, we'll become like bookies and just smart up here, but no heart application. We'll learn something and we'll give it out to everyone else. And then we'll just keep passing it out. And then when it's time for us to apply, oh, no, you know, I, I, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've learned that. Been in church for 20 years, 20 years. I was coming here before you was born. I know, I know. I know all the scriptures. I can quote all the scriptures. Yeah, but have you applied? Big difference. Big difference. So my encouragement tonight is not not to know, but it is to learn and apply and grow together. I can be in church for 20 years and not apply one scripture. One thing that the Lord has taught me. I can do that. Any, anybody can do that. The devil knows the Bible inside and out. But he doesn't apply it. 
even if we know one scripture, because I can understand, oh, tough to learn, and, and when I read the Bible, tough. You learn one scripture and you apply that, you apply 100% of what God is teaching you. That's basically obedience. We're saying, Lord, I just want to be obedient to what you're speaking to me. And if it's that one scripture, I'm going to start with that, build upon that. Because when the storms come, even that will keep you on solid ground. Because the Word of God is built upon Him. He's our foundation. And He's the one that breathes His Word into us. And we're going to talk about that tonight a little bit, the power of the Christ. And if you have your bulletins on the back, we're going to recite our scripture. And this is the vision of why we're here on Wednesday night. And why we get to come together and learn together and, and read Scripture together. And the Bible also says, Thy word I have hidden in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. So the reason why we put his word in here is so that we, we are separate from the sinful nature. And when we say, Lord, I want to put this into my heart, this Scripture into my heart, what I'm saying is, I need this so that it can defeat sin. So when His Word is hidden in our heart, that's a part of memorization. That's what it's all about. And so that's what we've been doing with this Scripture, Ephesians 4, 11 through 13, actually through 16. But we're going to read this together. I'm going to ask you to stand, stretch out a little bit, get the blood flowing. And then we're going to read it together. You guys ready? Okay, let's go. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the truth of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. So, Lord, that's our prayer tonight. Solidify that in our hearts as we learn more and more about you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. And when you take notes tonight, know that that's a part of memorizing. Because when you write things down, you can remember things better. How many of you guys took notes in high school? Just raise your hand. Or if you're in high school, you take notes. <laughs> I know some of you guys. You wasn't taking notes in high school. You was writing notes. When you take notes, it's easier to understand. Okay, since we're in church and we have to be really honest, right? Well, we should be honest anytime. How many of you guys let other people write notes and then you just copied theirs? Raise your hand. Yeah, are we honest? Come on, you guys did that. I didn't. <laughs> Just leave it at that. No, I did. I must repent. So we're talking about His power over all creation and, and how He has the power to create all things. Last week we were talking a little bit about His providence. And Pastor Charlie was speaking and, and, and talked to us about His Word and how His Word is, is God-breathed. And he, he inspired man to write the Bible. I think sometimes we'll have a, a difficult time receiving from the Bible because there's the controversy of it was man-written. You know, man wrote the Bible. So we have a hard time receiving sometimes the Word of God. There's many translations, and we'll say, well, which one is the right translation? We'll read the different uh, verses or different uh, uh, verse, versions of the, Bibles, of the Bible, and then we'll say, I like this one better because it makes more sense. 
Now, the reason why there's different translations is because we all understand differently. When you speak to a baby with our grandchildren, we don't, I don't speak like that to you. I'm glad you don't speak to me like how you speak to your little babies. How you doing, Pastor Sheldon? How you doing? Good to see you. Good to see you. I think you're nuts if you talk to me like that. But that's how our babies understand. That's how they understand. And so we, we have different translations so that we can understand better. Never underestimate the power of Christ and His Spirit, the Holy Spirit. That's really what's going to be speaking to us. That's what's going to be molding us, shaping us. It's His Spirit. Again, the devil knows the Word of God, but he doesn't follow God's Spirit. We follow His Spirit. That's what makes the difference is the Holy Spirit, which is the Word that is spoken and breathed into us. He breathes in His Spirit so that we can follow and understand Him. In 2 Timothy 3.16, says, All Scripture... In fact, you can open your Bibles and turn there. If you have your Bibles with you, and let me encourage you to bring your Bibles. If you have your Bibles at home and you keep forgetting, put it in your car. And then right before we enter here, grab it and bring it out. Dust it off if you need to. Vacuum it if it's that dusty. But bring the Bible. 2 Timothy 3.16, it's in the New Testament, way in the back of the book. And it says this, All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. So that's the, the Word of God. When, it's, when God inspired man to write the Bible, he, he brought with it its ability to train, to equip, to teach, to keep us on track with who He is. I'm going to write a word. It's a Greek word, and I'll, I'll break it down a little bit. And it's this word. Theonoustos. So we'll break that in half. Actually, it's theo, which is... Capital G. Or supreme deity, actually. And then the second word, nail, really comes from its... And that means to breathe. Or to blow. Like when you blow bubbles, you're, you're, you're blowing. And that's what was happening. Remember Jesus, he, he breathed on the disciples and they received the Holy Spirit. When God created man, he formed man out of the dirt. And then what happened? He breathed into the nostrils and man became a living soul, a living being. And so it is with the Word of God. When God breathed into man, he inspired the Word, it the Word came to life. That's right. Hebrews 4.12 says that the Word of God is living and active. It's living. God breathed into life His Word. Sometimes we think, well, if God did that, then how does that affect people who read the Bible, but they don't want to learn about the Bible? They know about the Bible, but 
but they don't follow the Bible. What happens with that? You can actually reject what God is doing. You can reject God by choice. You can say, Lord, I know you're breathing this to me, but I don't want any of it. There's some who they're, they're atheists and they say, I don't believe in God. But they use the Bible as some principles. Many businesses do that. They use the Bible as principles in which to govern or to run their business because the, God's principles are sure. But there is a difference with someone who says, God, breathe into me the Holy Spirit so that I can live my life for you than someone who's saying, I just want to use the biblical principles. This one becomes living and active because God is breathing into us. This one is just using the principles of the Bible. We don't want to be people who just know the principles of the Bible. We want to be people who God breathes life into so that we can apply it. The Bible was written over a time span of 1,500 years. 66 books in the Bible. 39 in the New Test- uh, Old Testament, 27 in the New Testament. All different authors. Now think about it. And they all line up. God could have chosen one person to write the Bible. He could have chosen one person. But he said, no, that's too easy. Anyone can do that and make sense. But I'm going to use a ton of authors, different likes, different, uh, different backgrounds, different lifestyles. And I'm going to use them because it's not going to be them that's going to write this. I'm going to inspire them, breathe through them to inspire this word that is being written over a time period of 1,500 years. So the Bible that we read is more than just one book. It's his book that he inspired. I look at it this way, that man didn't use God to write the Bible and bring it to life. We didn't use God to write the Bible, to bring it to life. It's actually the opposite way. God used man to write the Bible. He brought it to life. See, the Bible, although written by man, is God-breathed, inspired by God, which makes a difference to the one who reads it. Now, when Jesus was born into this world as a baby in Bethlehem, that's when he came into existence. And we talked about that some months ago, that he always existed. And he was here throughout the ages of time. But he's always working. He's always doing something. If you're in your life and you're wondering, I don't sense God working in my life. He's doing something. Even when it doesn't look like God is doing something, He is. We just got to hang on to Him. He's always doing something. Maybe for some of us, like a plant that's not really growing, maybe the roots are going down deep like bamboo. And He's waiting for us to have a solid foundation underneath because there's going to be a storm that's going to hit. So when we grow in Him, we'll be deeply rooted. Sometimes we want to just grow and grow and grow and grow. And oh, I, just, I just want everything of God. And, and that's a good heart. But make sure your roots are down deep. Because when the roots are down deep and your foundation is in the Lord, then when those tough times hit, you'll be able to withstand them. Otherwise, you'll be someone who is so excited about the Lord, and then 10 years later, you don't even care about Him. Because He didn't come through for you. Oh, my zeal is gone. We've seen that happen many times. And we boost off like a rocket. And then after that, it's like, okay, I'm done. 
It's like we chase after the emotion side of God when things are going well. We chase after that. But if we're not deeply rooted in Him, then that slowly dies away. Our zeal should go this way, not this way. It should be deeply rooted in Him. Rockets have no roots at all. But if we're deeply rooted in Him, then the power comes through Him. Nutrients come through Him. Colossians 1.17, we read that He is before all things, and in Him all things consist. And Pastor Charlie spoke about that last week, that in Him we're put together, they consist. That in Him all the parts are united together as, as a whole. And so we read it in this way, and He is before all things, and in Him all things are held together. That's what keeps us together. That's what keeps the universe together. It's Him holding this together in the power of His, in his Word. Hebrews 1.3, it says, He upholds all things by the Word of His power. That's why when we're distant from Him, when we neglect the Word of God, we fall apart. It's just a matter of time because He's the one that holds things together. It's through His Word that we're held together. We can put on a show... We can act like everything's good on the outside, but if we're not being held together by His Word, we fall apart. And people won't know it because we can put on the smile, we can put on the, oh, everything's great, everything's going good, yeah, everything's fine. But, oh boy, on the inside, we're falling apart. We're a mess. It's because we have neglected the Word of God. I would, I would challenge you, if you have not read the Word of God, or we do this thing called devotions. We have our bookmarkers at our uh, information center. And if you have not read through the Bible, I challenge you to do that. Now, some of you will read the daily bread, which is great. The daily bread is good. The problem with that that I see is you're not going to be able to read through the Bible. You'll take your favorite stories, your favorite scriptures, which is okay. It's fine. But there must come a time in our relationship with God where we start to mature and start to feed ourselves from His Word. What you're getting from other people's devotions or daily bread or different devotional readings like that is you're getting what other people caught from the Lord. And that's okay. But I'd rather learn how to fish rather than to take someone else's. Now, I know you might be saying, Nah, I read other people catch fish. I tie a fish. I'd rather them do it. But you can, you can be fed for a lifetime when you learn to read the Word of God for yourself and journal for yourself. So if you're in a, a separate devotional and you're reading a scripture or something, that's great. But challenge yourself and say, wait a minute, I want to, I want to step to the next level and develop my own reading plan. I want to read through the Bible in a year because we read through the whole entire Bible in a year. And it usually takes about 15 to 20 minutes If you're a fast reader or you can read fast and retain, that's great. I'm not. I'm a very slow reader. I can read fast, but I cannot remember a thing that I read. So for some of us, because we have a hard time retaining, this is what I do. I'll read the Word of God, and as I'm reading, I'll picture the movie. And I'll think in my mind, what would this look like? And so I paint the scene on what it is, and it helps me to remember. So it takes me a lot longer to read, probably about 20 minutes to read. And then I'll journal, I'll write some things down. But I tell you, that, that helps us to, to be foundational in our walk with the Lord. So challenge yourself. 
get back on, get, get to that next level and say, God, I'm going to try it. I'm going to challenge myself. I'm going to read through the Bible in this next year. I'm going to get the bookmark. Uh, some of you, you may be on like an electronic uh, version. I'm, I have a Bible app called Version, and they have the reading plan in there. It's called the Life something. <laughs> life, I think it's Life Life journal. Good. Thanks, Joanne. A life journal reading plan. And they have all the scriptures, same as the bookmark. And you read that and you journal. You can even save your devotions online so that you have it somewhere. Or you can transfer it or you can write it in a journal. There's all kinds of ways to do that. And it takes me about 40 minutes to an hour sometimes just to do devotions, just to read the Word of God. But I tell you, that's the best thing that we can do. It's the best thing we can do. Survivor, American Idol, The Voice, you know, all those TV shows, they can entertain for a little bit, but they won't fill you afresh. The same amount of time we put towards TV or Internet or things like that, you put toward the Word of God and you spend time with Him, changes your life. Now, I know some of you, you want your spouse or your loved one to read it and you want to read it together. If you can do that, great. Sometimes Heidi and I, we can't do that together just because of our schedules. But what we'll do is we'll read it, and then we'll later on talk about what the Lord has spoken. So there's ways you can do that. I'd say when you get into the Word of God, just dig a little bit deeper. Because He's the one that holds everything together. Be in the Word of God. You know, in reality, there will be a day when He comes back that everything we see will be gone. That's what He says in His Word. That there's going to come a day that I'm going to come back and everything will be gone. The only thing that will last is God's Word. It's the only thing that will last. That's the power that He has. His Word is what will last. Pastor Charlie spoke last week about the handshake. And, you know, back in the old days, a handshake was your word. I mean, that was the bond. That was the contract. Ali Ammond, who is one of our elders in the church, that's how he said he did things. I think his first car he bought from a loan. I think his dad said, uh, you know, go to the bank, and if the bank doesn't lend you money, go find a lawyer or a doctor. They have money. Go ask them. And, they, and he did. He just approached this doctor. And I don't know if I can share this story, Ali, if you're here tonight, but I'm going to, and then you can scold me later. But he said he went up to this doctor, didn't even know him, introduced himself, and he said, or it might have been a home or a car. Big difference, but I know it was something expensive. And he said, I don't have money. I'm going to get married, and I want to buy this, either a down payment on a home or a car. And he said, so I need, I think it was, I don't know, $2,700, whatever it was. And the guy said, okay. And Ali said, okay, do we have to write up anything? And the guy says, all you need to do is shake my hand, and your word is all I need. And he shook his hand. It was just his word. Think about it this way. When God gave us his word, that was his bond with us. That was his contract. That was, that was his promise to us. That what he said, he'll do. And he said in his word, one day I'll come back and everything will be gone. You know, you read the book of Revelations, it can scare you or it can give you courage. It can put fear in you, or it can put faith in you. It depends from what perspective you read it. In Revelation, it says that the stars in heaven will fall. 
or the elements of the earth will melt and everything we see will be destroyed. Now think about that. Why does that happen? That happens because there will be a day where He will not hold anything together anymore by His Word in this world that we see. Just by His Word, it is held together. I pray tonight that we'll understand His Word. That when we get into His Word, we will understand that when we're reading it, He's holding us together. It's not just reading the Bible and that's it. It's doing something in our life until He comes back because He's the only one that can hold us together. Amen. And close your Bibles and put away your notes. We're going to pray. Let me just remind you, next week we have our, we do this every year, and I love this. We call it our all-star celebration. And this is when we cheer on our t-ball and coach pitch and softball teams here at New Hope. And we, we rearrange this place a little bit. And actually, we're going to put up some tents for our children to be in here. Some of them are your children. Uh, let me just give you the vision of what the night will look like. And I pray that you will come here next week. And the whole vision of the night is to celebrate these kids, these children, your children, and that we'll pray over them and pray that they will understand how much God loves them and that if they haven't already, one day they would accept Christ as their Lord and Savior. So it's more than just a celebration. We're actually almost like commissioning these kids into the world to become believers for Christ. They will also have under the courtyard tent uh, their clubhouse, so we're going to set it up where they're going to have like stadium food, you know, nachos and things like that, and they're going to have a blast out there. We will still have our worship time together. And then when they all come in, and hopefully there's no kids here tonight that play t-ball or coach pitch because I might spoil it for them. If you are here tonight, close your ears. Okay. Or, or don't say anything to your friends. Yeah, good luck with that one. And then when the kids come in... They're going to break through, you know those banners? And we're just going to cheer them on. And then we're going to give them some awards and then pray over them and then let them be dismissed. But it's going to be a wonderful night next week, Wednesday. Please come. If you've never come to our All-Star Celebration, you need to. You need to. You'll see what God is doing in the lives of our younger people. And we raise them up so that they can be that generation that lives for Him. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank You for being the God who gives us His Word. And regardless of what takes place in our life, whatever it looks like, when we're rooted in you and we're deeply rooted in your word, that what you speak will come to pass. We trust in you. We thank you that you give us your word, that you've given us many ways to learn in different translations. And sometimes we don't understand it all. But if we apply what we know and what we've learned, that's all you're asking. We take it one step at a time for your good. We thank you for being a good God to us. We pray for our our ride home as we go home together and as our families depart, that we will leave here in the name of the Lord with your spirit, that tomorrow will be a brand new day, new things will happen, that we trust you and we put our faith in you, that you will take care of us how you said you would pray for our marriages and our families, that you always be with one another and that your spirit would continuously build us up and that we would edify one another in love. And these things we pray, we all said, 
Amen. Amen. What a good God. Final song. Make this our prayer.